Welcome to Branding Real Estate. This is your host, Corinne King, and thank you so much for tuning in and joining today's podcast in the Branding You Real Estate movement and community. Branding You Real Estate was brought to you by a real estate agent created for real estate agents to give you inspiration, motivation, and ideas to help you improve your business your brand, and most importantly, you as a real estate professional. So today we are talking all about time management. And I know that I've talked about this topic a lot, actually, in all different forms and ways. And I always talk about efficiency and working smarter and not harder. So intertwined through almost all my podcasts, I talk about efficiency and time blocking and how to get the most out of your time each day. And today's podcast actually came about because we were in our meeting, our Tuesday meeting that we always go to, and there was an agent that popped in. She's newer to the industry. She's eager. She's doing the best that she can. And, you know, she put out there and said, Hey guys, does anyone have any tips on time management? Because I'm really, really struggling. And this is coming from her saying, you know, I feel like I'm working all the time around the clock and, you know, everything around me is running my life and I don't have time to actually enjoy life. You know what everyone's feedback was? What they said, well, get a new profession. That was one of them. And everyone just kind of laughed like, well, that's the industry. And for me on the other end, I didn't step in and actually say anything. I called her later, uh, but couldn't get through, but I did. I called her because I wanted to talk about what I'm going to talk to you about today. And I just decided, Hey, I'm just going to share this podcast with her when I'm done. But in my mind, I was like, you know what? That is what is wrong with our profession. And that's what's wrong with a lot of the mindset of the professionals in this industry is that the only way to be successful is to hustle and grind and burn out. And that is the only way you're going to succeed. And I wholeheartedly disagree with that. It doesn't mean, you know, you sit back and relax and the money comes flowing in. It just means there is a way to be productive. There is a way to be successful without this business running and ruining your life and without sending you to burnout. It's just being a bit more conscious and intentional with the actions that you take. So that's what we're getting into today is how you can improve your workflow, how you can improve your time management and how you can get your life back while succeeding in this industry. So keep on listening for some tips, tricks, and time management uh, ideas that I have that have helped me improve my productivity. Originally, when I set out to do this podcast, I was just going to touch on time blocking. But then as I kind of went down the rabbit hole of doing the research, which was really just going back into my archives because I have put up a lot of posts and articles and podcasts and even in the Marketing Academy, I go into time management a lot, Uh, just because it's been a passion of mine over the past couple years because I've literally worked myself to burnout, I feel like my entire life. (laughs) And I was like, there has to be a better way. How are other people getting so much done and they have the same amount of hours I do? So there went the research and the testing and writing articles and Instagram posts and all of that. So anyways, 
as I was diving into that, just looking for time, my time blocking notes, I came up with so much other stuff that I think is so important when you look at the whole picture of time management. So a lot of my podcasts out there, it touches on bits and pieces of time management, uh, but I wanted to put together the whole picture of what that looks like, including time blocking, but also we're going to chat about boundaries and seasons of your business and life and really the mindset shift from being busy to being productive and really understanding the difference so you can go about your days being a bit more intentional and conscious to make sure that your actions are productive rather than busy. Um, And then also energy management and SOPs. So we're going to dive into all of this, um, and it might be a little bit longer than I anticipated. I'm really hoping that there is something that you can take away from this to improve your business, to improve your life, so you're producing more within the same amount of time or within less time, right? That is the whole goal. Make more money and save more time, right? So that is what time management is is all about. So pick and choose what works for you. Do not try and do it all. I think that's going to be my biggest tip here. There's going to be a lot of information and you're going to want to try and do it all. And that actually is like the opposite of being productive and saving time is when you try and implement everything at one time. So pick and choose what works for you. Test a couple things out. Do not do everything at once and see what works for you and see your life change. And when you do find something, stick with it and be consistent. Productivity is your ticket to freedom. So we're going to start there, really understanding the difference between being productive and being busy. I think having this mindset shift and this mindset awareness It'll start clicking with you just by listening to this podcast. You're probably going to go into your day, not thinking anything about it, and then going into tomorrow and then the next day, and you're just going to start being aware, aware of your actions and going, am I being busy or am I being productive? And just by that shift in awareness, you're going to start changing your actions a little bit here, a little bit there, and it's all going to compound on each other. And you know what it's going to do? It's going to give you more time. You're going to produce more in less time and get your life back. So let's play a quick game. And the purpose of this game is to really help you become aware of who you are, whether you are a busy person or a productive person, and where your mindset sits. It's just going to bring awareness to you. And this is going to be the first step into changing your actions. That's when we change that mindset, when we bring awareness, then your actions will start changing. You'll start being more productive, which means you are starting to manage your time. All right, so quickly, I want you to just picture this in your head. You're likely on the go listening to this, so don't feel like you have to write anything down. And imagine two columns. Left column is the column of busy. Right column, column of being productive. And now I want you to see a scale of one to 10. So one meaning busy, that you're leaning on the busy side, and 10, meaning that you're erring more on the productive side, whether this is your mindset way of thinking or the actions that you take in life and business. So I'm going to start with busy and then do the counterpart of it of productive, and I want you to judge yourself. Are you more of a one 
Are you more of a 10? Are you somewhere in between? Where would you rate yourself one through 10? All right, so let's get started. Busy side. The amount of hours I work determine my value and determine my worth. Productive. It's all about my production and not the hours that I put in. So in other words, when I complete a project, I don't feel like I have to put in more hours. I feel satisfied with what I've completed. All right. Remember, one through 10, choose where on the scale you fall between those two. Next one, I'm someone who likes to work harder. So that means working around the clock, being more reactive, working really, really fast and just pushing through the pain. Or on the productive side, and again, it doesn't have to be either or, it could be somewhere in that scale. Where do you fall between one and 10? So the productive side is working smarter. So being more strategic being more efficient, being more proactive. All right. And number three, I describe myself as having a really good and hard work ethic. That's more on the busy side. Or do you describe yourself as someone who's ambitious? Where do you fall within that spectrum? All right. So next one, again, just, this is a game that's going to bring more awareness to you. All right. So busy side, I have no boundaries and I allow others to control my time. So again, more reactive. You wait for that call. You answer whenever anyone calls um, or texts you or asks you to be somewhere. Or are you more on the productive side? Setting boundaries, controlling your time. Next one. Remember, one through 10, where do you fall on these scales? Are you someone who really pushes through the pain and pushes through the issues Or are you more on the productive side? Do you take the time to kind of take a step back to reflect on the situation or the issue or just to reflect in general? It doesn't even have to be a super issue. And rest and then reset and then start again. And on to the next one. There's just a couple more here. Again, one through 10, you choose where you fall on that spectrum. So on the busy side, I do you say this? Out loud. Well, not out loud, but do you say this to yourself? I don't have time to do the research or figure out a new way to do something. So I'm just going to do it how I've always done it because I don't have the time. I just don't have the time to put in a new process. I don't have the time to learn a new skill. I don't have the time to learn a new system or software. Or are you more on the productive side? I'm all about finding an easier way to complete a task or project. So I'm going to going to find the time. I'm going to carve out the time to actually learn a new system, put in a standard operating procedure, organize my files, figure out the best and most efficient way to do this specific task. And on to the last one. You can hear my baby doing mouth farts in the background. And you know what? I'm going to be efficient here and not re-record this. So last one. When people ask how you're doing, do you generally say, oh my God, I'm so busy? So if you find yourself doing that all the time, give yourself a one. Or are you on the other side and you just say, hey, I'm great. Life is good. I'm feeling really productive and accomplished and, uh, you know, work is great. So where on that scale are you falling? All right. So I hope that little game just gave you more awareness into you and your life. And if you're leading a more productive life or a more busy life. And this is going to be the beginning of a mindset shift of understanding the difference between being productive and busy and how this looks in your life and business. 
So boundaries is a part of my whole time management guide. And I feel like this is so important for our industry because in our industry, we lack boundaries. We've been told to lack boundaries in a, in a different you know, sense of the urgency and the reactivity that everyone says we have to have in our business in order to be successful. And sometimes I think it's necessary that we react and sometimes it's not. Sometimes you can set those boundaries and boundaries look different based on what you want out of your life. And boundaries sometimes are set against yourself. Like, so I have a terrible habit of rolling over in bed and then scrolling social media for no reason. And then I get stuck, you know, uh, watching funny cats or cute dogs. And all of a sudden, an hour and a half goes by. And now I'm rushing to get everything together. And I missed out on quality time with family. And now I'm rushing to my first appointment. And I'm not, you know, in the right headspace. So sometimes I have to set boundaries against myself. Sometimes I have to set boundaries for work and when clients reach out. So boundaries look different for all. You know, you could set boundaries like I don't take appointments until after 10. That's something I started doing because I found for me, I really need that morning time to get myself organized and to look at my day so I can show up as my best to my first appointment. And also I, you know, try and set some boundaries that when all the when the kids get home from school that I am a bit more focused on family time after like 5 p.m. Um, but of course, these boundaries aren't set in stone. It's more like a line drawn in the sand. And I know when it's necessary that I'm available if there is an offer that I need to write. Especially in these times, we don't have time to wait till tomorrow morning when I want to start working at 9 a.m. to write that offer or if there's a deadline coming up. So you decide if you can bend your rules a little bit. Another boundary that I have set, just so you can see what it looks like in the industry from one real estate agent to another, is when someone calls. Sometimes I have clients that excessively call for like no reason um, just to get an update or this and that. And I might be in the middle of something, whether it's a project or with other clients or with family. It doesn't just have to be work. I'm in the middle of something to where it's not an urgent call. So what I do now, I just say, hey, sorry, I can't take your call. Is there something I can text you right now or can we schedule? Is it urgent or can we schedule a meeting for later? Uh, boundary that I have set is I try to encourage my clients to schedule meetings rather than just calling when they feel like it. Because if I let everyone do that, I wouldn't actually get any work done. I wouldn't be productive. I wouldn't complete projects because I would constantly be getting interrupted. So setting that boundary and making your clients aware of that is really such a huge tool for you to start controlling your time. And I just want to leave it with this, is when you allow everyone else around you to control your time, they are then controlling your life. So this is a great way for you to take control of your life is by taking control of your time, and that starts with boundaries. So the next one is my favorite when it comes to time management. I think it's because it's unexpected and most people don't add this in or think of this when they're trying to work on their time management. It is energy 
management. And I think people don't include this because it's just adding on one more thing. And most people go through that mentality, the busy mentality of, I don't have time to go walk. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to meditate. I don't have time to make that healthy meal. So they just kind of fluff that one off and just think like adding in anything else is just going to take away from actually getting things done on that ever um, revolving to-do list that just never ends, right? So I'm sure you're shaking your head like, yeah, never have time. Because I do this all the time. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to do this. I, you know, I don't have time is literally my motto because I'm so busy. So that's where the mindset shift starts. And then you set your boundaries and then you work on your energy. I don't know about you, but have you taken the time to really be aware of how your day goes when you started off with eating food, going for a walk, being with nature, not starting at staring at your phone and jumping straight into work and rushing out the door? Have you noticed how you perform, how you problem solve, how you work through your projects? Are you more creative? Do you have more energy to actually give to your clients? So are you more excited when they call you? Because you got up and you moved your body. You don't have to do anything crazy. You don't have to go run a thousand miles. Sometimes for me, it's just actually taking the time to like walk my dogs outside, not stare at my phone, meditate for five minutes, yoga for 10 minutes. I didn't even break a sweat. And I'll tell you, my day is completely different. And I've only really recognized the power of energy management because I decided to become aware of it and and recognize like, how my day has changed, how I performed at work. Because instead of jumping straight into checking my email first thing, I get up, I put on some music that lights me up. I hop on my spin bike and I then go for a walk and listen to a podcast. And then I spend a little bit of time journaling. Not like you have to do all of this, but when I do start my day like that, I see I get way more done. I show up way better. And energy management, there's so much to it. So yes, it's moving your body so you can get that blood flowing. So you can get that natural um, energy rush rather than pounding all the coffee throughout the day. I know this because that's generally what I do, but I know when I start my day and spend time managing my energy, I perform way better at work. So yes, like I was saying, energy management, there's so many different ways for you to manage your energy, movement, food, water, sleep, maybe pulling back a little on how much alcohol you drink at night. Because I know waking up for a hangover, I never perform well. I'm always cloudy. And also it's really recognizing the energy vampires. This could be some clients. Like I've had some clients that I just kept pushing through. And I've talked about this in my podcast before the one where I got fired, go check it out to where like, it was such an energy suck to where it took away my focus. Um, and I, it was just bleeding into all of the other interactions I was having at work and with my family and with my friends and with myself. So recognize those energy sucks. When I sit on my phone and that's the first thing I do in the morning and just kind of scroll and look at nothing, I find that I am kind of lagging the entire day. So that is an energy suck. When I eat bread and sugar and candy, I crash. That is an energy suck. So here's my challenge to you. I want you to sit down 
And I want you to write down things that give you energy and the energy vampires. So like, for example, things that give me energy is moving my body, podcasts, like I love podcasts. And maybe you do too. That's why you're listening right now. Those like really pump me up when I'm feeling down. Um, Some good music. And that changes on kind of the mood that I'm in and what I need that day. Um, Spending quality time with my daughter. Like I find when I put my phone away and we actually like play in the morning or dance, I just feel so lit up. A few moments of meditation, nothing crazy, crazy, like sometimes just like two minutes and journaling and journaling and writing out what I'm grateful for. That lights me up. That gives me energy. Going for a hike outside with a friend, that gives me energy. Now back to the the energy vampires, like I said, some clients. Um, Spending too much time on social media, eating bad, not getting dressed up for the day. So we'll go on the opposite spectrum. Something that gives me energy is when I get a little dressed up, I put on some makeup, I do my hair. I show up better over the phone, even though someone can't see me. I still show up better and more awake and more alive. So I want you to figure out what for you, what lights you up? What gives you joy? What gives you energy? What makes you excited to go to work and start your day? Whether it's starting your day in work or starting your day with family, because all of that works together. And then also recognize those energy vampires. I want you to write that list. Like I said, becoming aware is the first step. And then once you're aware, why don't you make a plan to implement these little bursts of energy into your days and into your weeks and into your hours? And make a conscious decision to take out those things that suck energy from you, like firing a client or eating cake or drinking too much wine the night before you know that you have a big meeting. So yes, energy management is so important. I promise you, just by changing this, you will have more energy, right? You'll have more energy. When you have more energy, you have more focus, you make less mistakes, and you just are able to get everything done. So if you're saying to yourself or just yelling at me through the phone or wherever you're listening to me, like, Corinne, I don't have any time for this. We all don't have the luxury of time. And I get it because I say this all the time, but I promise you, if you make the time for it, you'll be more focused and you will get more done in less time. So take the time to just work on that energy list. And then my second challenge for you is to be aware. So maybe tomorrow or maybe sometime this week, I want you to actually plan out a day full of energy. So I want you to plan out what you're going to eat in the morning, the movement that you're going to do. I mean, whatever else lights you up. And I want you to trickle in these little energy boosts throughout the day and then report back, report back to yourself, see how you felt, see what your production levels look like, see how your interactions were with colleagues and clients and your family. Measure uh, your joy. Did your joy go through the roof? I mean, that's the point of living, right? So... Anyways, I will leave you at that because as you see, I went too far with energy management because it's my favorite one and I think it's so important and we all overlook it. 
Next on the list of time management, of improving your time management is SOP, so standard operating procedures. This is actually something I am really terrible about. I have a lot of SOPs in my head that have really just become kind of like habit. Um, But really, that is something I need to work on. But when it comes to our industry, there's a couple of things where you should have standard operating procedures. Eventually, once you do it enough times and consistently, it'll just become second nature. So here are some that I think you need to have as a real estate professional. How you follow through on your leads and how you follow up on your leads. And maybe you might want to change it up a little bit between a buyer lead and a listing lead. And you may even have some scripts that you can copy and paste. That right there will save you some time as well. If you find that you're writing the same thing over and over and over again, Um, maybe it's a buyer's guide that you share with them. So create these things that you can repurpose and reuse And then also have a step-by-step on how you follow up and follow through with buyers and sellers. So definitely you need something for your leads and how you keep track of that. Something else is having organized files. (laughs) I know this sounds simple, but when you start out and you just have a sale here or there, you just kind of place your documents haphazardly. Being on a high-producing team and working with a team where we share files we need to have a consistent filing system. So for me, this falls under the SOP, or it could be systems, but all of this is under the standard operating procedures and systems is what we'll call it. Um, Marketing, listing presentations, an open house. So really start putting together SOPs. Create something like you're going to hand it off to someone. Um, You might have... um, an SOP for how you handle showings and what that looks like. One, it ensures that your service is consistent from one buyer or one seller to the next so they know exactly what they're expecting. So put in those SOPs. Again, leads is a huge one. How you organize your files, listing appointments. Um, With a listing appointment, you probably want to have um, a standard marketing package so you aren't trying to reinvent the wheel every time. I find a lot we have our listing presentation, but there's a few holes there. So I find that I'm recreating an email every time to say, hey, this is what we'll do for you. Or I find that I'm searching for that email that I sent that last lister or a potential seller just to copy and paste, but I spent about 10 minutes looking for that. So Put templates in place. So maybe we'll call this SOP templates and systems. Put them in place for everything. If you find that you're doing something consistently and repetitively, create templates for that. Create procedures and processes for that. It will be much easier and it will save you so much time. So you aren't reinventing the wheel every time. I used to be terrible at this. I I don't know why I didn't think like just follow a procedure, follow a system. I remember one of my first jobs in corporate, um, instead of using the templates that um, I had or that I used before or a template that someone supplied to me, I felt that I needed to spend, I remember I spent hours creating an Excel spreadsheet budget. Hours, when we already had one. I don't know why that goes into that busy mentality of doing 
more, like that wasn't necessary. So I could have saved hours of my time if I already had a template in place, if I already had a procedure for putting together a budget. And I would have gotten really good at it and just more efficient and save more time. So yes, get your SOPs, your processes and your systems in place and do it now. So finally, we're getting to time blocking. I'm sure that's what you've been waiting for. Time blocking is a really great tactical way to manage your time. And we're focusing on three areas of time blocking. These are three techniques that I focused on. And before we jump into that, I don't want you to feel like you have to do all of these or any of these or to do them this exact way. We are all different. I, when my first experience with time blocking was terrible, I was like, this is terrible. What are people talking about? It's because I took my advice from a type A to where their time blocking is way more different than what works for me. I like to say I'm a type B personality with type A anxiety. Um, So having something super, super structured actually gave me a little bit more anxiety. So I learned a bit more about time blocking and I shaped it to my personality, what works for me and what works for my industry, which is way different than other industries. So I took a lot of my advice from other industries, which just doesn't always work for what we do in real estate. So yes, we have three types of time blocking that we're going to be talking about. Task batching, time boxing, and day theming. I'm going to start with day theming because that is the one form of time blocking. The first form we'll say of time blocking that really made a huge impact on my stress, on my business, on my efficiency, and on my productivity. So I only do one day theming day. That's where I started at. Now I have a couple more, but I started with just choosing one day. And I chose a day, and I chose Monday, and I don't plan any meetings around there. It's just my day where I focus on admin work, and I also focus on going through all of my closings. I found when I didn't have a day where I just focused on that, I was randomly checking in on my closings to make sure everything was on track, but I didn't remember like, when was the last time I checked on that? Um, But yeah, so that actually made my stress go down. That's where I had the most stress in my business, so that's where I started. And if you're new to this, why don't you start there? Um, But yeah, day theming, you can theme out every day if you want to, or just choose one, whatever works for you. And then maybe add on one another day, like you can have an admin day, CEO day, marketing day. You can have a day that's just a flex day and that flex day can be defined however you want. Um, so you define your days and it just gives you a full focus for that day. So you know exactly what you are doing that day. The second form of time blocking task batching. I really, really like this one and I don't do it all the time. I've kind of been slacking lately, so and I've noticed that my focus is a little bit everywhere, um, which again, aids to my stress. Like, what am I missing? What do I need to do today? And then I let everything else around me control my time. Uh, so yes, we are managing our time, and this is a huge part of it. So task batching is literally where you batch similar tasks together in a block of time. So for example, let me just take you through the day. We'll say... 8 to 10 a.m., it's checking emails, doing a bit of admin work, um, and, you know, just responding to those emails. 10 to 1, working on listings. 1 to 4 p.m., 
showing property. 4 to 6 p.m. family time. So you see how you can just task batch things together. I, I love task batching creative things together, like writing. Whether it's writing an article, um, writing a blog, working on my social media post, writing a description for a listing. I find when I tap into my creative zone is what I call it, it all works together and I'm way more focused rather than hopping around between ideas and tasks. And the last one, time boxing, is my least favorite and sometimes it's necessary. And this was the type of time blocking that I mentioned beforehand where I was listening to someone who's type A and the time blo- uh, what time boxing worked for them. It's kind of high stress, so that's what I was avoiding. So time boxing is where you give yourself a task or a project, right? And you say between 11 and 12, I will finish writing the description for that listing or I will finish and submit a listing to be approved. So you give yourself a time limit to complete something. Stressful, but sometimes necessary. So this one pops in every once in a while if I have deadlines. For example, we have a magazine that we work on every year and we have a deadline with them. So when it comes crunch time, I do time boxing to complete this specific project. Every once in a while, I'll do that for other projects if I find that I'm maybe behind on a project or um, if I need to get something out at a certain time or a deadline, like writing an article for a magazine. There's an article that I write for a magazine every month. So I give myself a couple hours that Friday before it's due to really complete it, but I do it in a time boxing manner. So that one is necessary sometimes, and maybe your personality thrives off that and you need to do that more often for you. But maybe you need more of a fluid structure like I do and add in day theming and task batching. I do a little bit of all three, but mostly I focus on day theming and task batching, and sometimes I throw in the time boxing when it's necessary. And last but not least for this whole time management podcast is audits. So auditing your business, and I've done podcasts about this as well, taking the time to reflect on your business on all of the activities that you're doing, all the money that you're putting out there to run your business, all of the time and effort that you're putting out there to run your business, your marketing campaigns. Where is all that money going? Because in the end, this is your bottom line. So if you're saving money, you're making money. If you're saving time, you're also making money in a sense Um, because the whole point of sometimes making money is to save us time and vice versa. So really look at your whole business. I say do an audit every quarter, specifically when it comes to marketing. That's where sometimes we spend a lot of money and a lot of time. And if something isn't working, either you need to pivot, so change it up a little, or just stop doing it overall. Because why would you be wasting your time doing something or wasting your money if you're not getting a return on it? And your return on investment, so investment, we'll say our currency is either the money that you put in or the time that you put in. What is that return? 
Now, sometimes you can draw a straight line and said, I did this activity and I received this lead from it. But most of the time when it comes to marketing and branding yourself, you're doing a whole bunch of things that help your brand. So sometimes you might be looking at the analytics on Instagram or how many people opened your email and did they engage with it and did they respond to you kind of thing. So yes, take the time to audit because when you audit, you see where your money and time is going. You're making sure that you're getting a return. And if you're not getting a return, stop doing it or pivot. If there's an area where you see you're getting a really high return, why don't you spend more time and money there and get more return? So take the time to audit. I say do it every quarter and then plan a big audit for the end of the year. And that is it for today's podcast, all about time management for real estate professionals. Thank you so much for being here, for listening, for all of your support. Your support comes in so many different ways, whether just listening to the podcast or reaching out to me on Instagram and speaking of, I would love to hear from you. The best way to reach me is through Instagram and my handle there is branding you underscore real estate, either through a private message, just let me know um, who you are, what you listen to. If you have any questions, I would just love to chat with you. That really lights me up. And also I have a humongous favor to ask. If you could leave me a review or rate this podcast, I would so appreciate that. Really just knowing that there's others on the other end that may be getting something from this or connecting or whatever it is really lights me up and drives me and keeps me going because I'm doing this really as a passion, which I do love it. And like I said, I love chatting with other real estate professionals and collaborating and brainstorming. So feel free to reach out to me. That's branding you underscore real estate on Instagram. All right, I'll let you go now and happy branding.